Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Good morning, Joe. Morning. And also joining us live from Los Angeles, California, finally back on the show, the one and only Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. (laughs) Hello, Joe. Hello, Tug. I feel good. Can can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Let's do it. I feel like we have three distinct looks going on today uh, in in all of our various. Andy still has his American sniper going with his with his beard, this Carhartt colored Miller Lite sweatshirt. I feel like I look like with my lighting and my my black sweater, I look like a high school drama teacher. And Tug looks like cartoon Batman, cartoon Bruce Wayne, who's like taking a break for the holidays. This high and tight haircut. Got a cut yesterday. Uh, I was just tired of the flow. Needed a little change. Needed a little less worry in my life. I was too busy. I was still, you know, using the hair dryer. (laughs) Did Did you have to blow dry your hair in the mornings? I do. I've had to do that. I was talking to a lady yesterday. I was like, I've been doing this for 20 Five years. I don't want to blow dry my hair wow. for the moment. Wait, wait a second. I've never, and I've had long hair at times. I've never blown dry my hair once. You, you blow dry your hair? Yeah, but look at Tug's thickness. Look, look yeah, at the you, volume. And all frankness, my hair is on a different level than the hair that you're talking about. I'm not denying that. Um, but for 25 years, you've been. What else are you supposed hair? to do? We, you know, I work in a business where appearance matters. You know, what, what? It's, it's funny you say that, Doug, because so my good buddy, he's from uh, Northern California. He, he's visiting me this weekend and we went to he went to fly in for the Niners game. And I just said, you talk about appearance. I just said to him, I go, look at me, dude. I'm in a Miller Lite hoodie in my pajama pants from last night. And I'm getting paid to do a podcast in pajama pants. I like I can't complain. No, you can't. I mean, I, you know, listen, Andre Agassi famously said images, everything. And that's what we have to do out here. I mean, once you move to Cincinnati, you can officially retire from life. And you've done it. So congratulations. <laughs> you, can, you can stop caring altogether. <laughs> you, you, want a, you want a bowl of chili spaghetti? Yeah, I no longer care. You know I do. I did like, take my buddy to, uh, we did a post-Bangles game Skyline Chili last night. He said, he, I said, he said, we just got to get it out of the way. Because you know, he's like, you got to do it. And uh, he's actually good friends with uh, Ian Eagle. And he's been texting him all weekend. And uh, I was just like, don't do it. Don't do it. And uh, it, was, it was funny seeing the reaction between those two. I was looking at the text of just, you know, I was like, don't go there. But we did. What was his review? I, he, well, he was very polite to the staff. My buddy Chuck was. Because they came up <laughs> a non-answer about the food. Yeah. Very polite. Yeah. I, I, like- he, he, he liked the <laughs> Coney better than, 
he's like, dude, this is fine. The Coney, you know, the hot dog, the cheese, the chili. But he was not a fan, a la Joe Prano, of the spaghetti with the chili. But word had spread quickly at that Skyline location that it was his first time. Like the manager came over and she's like, what do you think? But I think they know they get different reactions because she said, what do you think? Do you like it? Do you hate it? And he's like, oh, it's fine. You know, he's being nice. It's fine. And he's like, I don't like this. <laughs> get me Sky- out of here. Skyline is like, if you, if you have someone coming in town to Cincinnati for the weekend, what are the three places you got to hit in Cincinnati? It's Skyline. Maybe it's like the stadiums. Is there something else that you got to hit? Well, they would say Montgomery Inn, which we might go to the rib place with the boathouse. That's what that's Eddie's spot, Joe. Eddie is. Yeah. They would say Montgomery Inn. And then if, if you wanted ice cream, everybody talks about graders. But yeah, if you're going to go, obviously, well, we were lucky. We went to the Xavier Cincinnati Crosstown shootout, which he said, he's like, I, like he's like the, the atmosphere. Like this is a college. It's a very college friendly town with those schools are only four miles apart and going to that game, like a sold out crosstown rivalry. Um, you know, th- that's what I would advise, but you know, it's the Midwest, dude. It's not, there's not much to do. I mean, you go to the Bengals game and, and we can jump into it if you want. I don't know if either of you watched it. I mean, the Bengals fans have people of Cincinnati have finally hopped on the Andy Ruther train of uh, fuck Mike Brown, the owner. Because there was about fifteen to twenty-five thousand empty. There's twenty thousand empty seats yesterday for the Niners game. Twenty thousand game for them. They needed that one. If they win that game, they were in first place since Baltimore lost. And now they lost, and they're what in third. AFC North is AFC North is 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 a meltdown, man. Yeah. So yeah, they're not in the playoffs right now. Like like the, the Bengals coach is. He's been getting killed all day, deservingly so. In overtime, they have two passes for 56 yards. They get it down right inside the 25 to start overtime. Like, let, let, let Burrow rip it, right? Yeah. He does back-to-back runs to mix in up the middle and then gets sacked on third down. And they settle for a field goal, and then San Francisco drives the other way. I mean, it's like – I'd love your opinion on this. The Bengals offensively – for the talent that they have, they're just not per- like I would argue out. I mean, who outside of maybe the Bucks, your Cowboys might be up there. Who has a better three? Who has a better trio of uh, Cowboys are definitely up there, by the way. Yeah. But like who, who has a better trio of Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase? Like as far as I would put the Bengals upper echelon again with For maybe sure. the Cowboys, Bucks. Who else has a better and, and trio? Mixon, and Mixon's and Mixon's a nice piece, you know. Mixon's yeah. been very good this year. Scored in like what seven games in a row at one point. I mean, yeah, that's I don't what I scored yesterday, but he was a bunch of touchdowns. That's um, what I'm saying. Like, like who the main issue is you can't give Jimmy G a chance. You can't give Jimmy G a chance to score it over time. So you, <laughs> that's why you have to go for the touchdown. I mean, you know, Jimmy G. He smells. He smells of the blood in the water. Field goal. He laughs at field goals in overtime. So I sense, I sense the sarcasm. Well, good. It's thick. Um, I was like, I would wait, say that, did, Tug, did Tug get Jimmy G's haircut and is a, a low-key Jimmy G stand this whole time? Well, he is on my fantasy team, the two-quarterback league, and I needed him to play well, so I did appreciate that. But, you know. He went, in, he went into the salon with a picture of, of Jimmy Garoppolo. One could wish to look like Jimmy G. Um, He's a good-looking dude. Very good-looking. Um, but both both teams needed that game. It's really like 
uh, it's sort of a um, remember when NFL expanded to seven teams in the playoff? Like this is not the year to be excited about that expansion because the seventh team is. <laughs> I mean, the AFC is like I don't know what's going on in the AFC. The NFC is is pretty top heavy. Like the the Niners are now in seventh place with the Washington football team still in the mix. That's the, that's a disaster. But to answer your question, like I, I've said this from day one, like the Bengals organ, the, the coaching staff is just, you're right. Like, I, I don't really kind of understand you. If you look at some of the stats guys, like I don't have my tug nugs in front of me, but they, they, they they've kind of done the opposite things that they need to do to be successful. They've leaned on Mixon when they should be spreading the ball more, you know, now, now Jamar chase is like rebounded from those early preseason drops, but he has started to drop the ball more recently in the past couple of weeks. So probably there's some plays that could have been successful that have, uh, you know, not borne fruit. Um, but yeah, like these are games that, like you said, I mean, the Bengals are going to Bengals because this is, a, this. what do you expect when you're a fan of the Bengals? Like a game that you need to have and you don't get it, it's pretty much on par. It's um, just so obvious at this point yeah. to me, like, and I hate the, I hate this NFL coaching uh, for the, for the majority of teams, like, you, they get into these situations where it's like, oh, if you drive the ball down the field quickly, like the first thing on first down when you're in striking distance is like, take a shot that yeah. you could, you can always dial it back and then be like, okay, let's get a, let's get a mix and run and see if we can make it third and a little shorter. But like the idea that these teams do this, like if you're every single fan of, of a team watches that happen and goes like, okay, don't put your foot on the brakes now and settle for a field goal because even them coming back and kicking field goal, like all you have to do to win this game is get a touchdown. I hate it. I hate seeing teams downshift. And I was watching that game in the bowels of SoFi after the giants game ended with a, there was like a bunch of Bengals fans. And then a guy who had bet a bunch on the Bengals were watching and everybody's like, no dude, you can't just go, go kick a field goal. That like you have to score a touchdown. And it's just, yeah, that to me, that's poor play calling. Beautiful bowels in SoFi, by the way. Beautiful. Yep. Love the bowels down there. Um, very nice. So, no, no, answer, answer this for me. Did Tom, just to flip the, flip the uh, or do a, like a mirror scenario, because I didn't watch all, I actually turned off the Bills Bucks game, but did, did Brady get the ball first and score a touchdown? Or what happened in that scenario? Um, I think we were all out at games, to be honest. I, I was, I was, at the Bengals game when that what, was what, what we do learn is that that you know a massive comeback but but Tom Brady does score the touchdown yeah yeah and, and so that, I mean that's again just the difference we talk about we've seen that Brady score touchdowns in so many overtimes sure now I, I feel like I feel like I'm wondering if the coaching staff felt like the game was pretty low scoring in Cincinnati is a field goal enough to win it I mean you, you kind of get that hint because he runs two times in a row but but you also big, yeah but you sorry to cut you off but but yeah. you also figure the Niners had just driven down. I don't know if you guys know, it was at the end of regulation to kick a game-winning field goal. Like Jimmy G had just taken the ball. And again, yeah. I'm no Jimmy B, Jimmy G fan either. I kept joking in our section. This has Jimmy G interception written all over it. But he had just taken the Niners down the field to kick the kick the game-winning field goal. Now Gold missed a 46-yarder, which is obviously a very makeable kick. So my point is, he had just driven down the field, and I was I was thinking when they started driving, I said this game is gonna this game has tie written all over it, right? Because when the Niners were down there, it was under two minutes. So that game had Ty written all over it. But look, man, end of the day, Zach Taylor, I've said this. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this. He's not an NFL head coach. 
He shouldn't be calling the plays. By the way, Bengals fans are so stupid. I have to share this exchange with the Bengals fan. So we're sitting in the club level. You know, it's a good level. The right directly above us is the Niners radio. And right on the right of that are the 49ers defensive and offensive coordinators. So right in the glass, like that's right where we're at. My buddy, it's my buddy's company seats and, and they're, they're great seats, right? This Bengals fan keeps yelling out when they run the ball and they shouldn't. He'd look up and he'd go, you suck offensive coordinator. And first of all, he kept looking at the, he was looking at the 49ers offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. He kept saying, you sucks. I couldn't resist. Finally, I go, I go, the offensive coordinator is Zach Taylor, the head coach. He runs the plays. And then he would turn around and go, you also suck, Taylor. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, this is the bank. This is a, this is like classic Bengals fan. He's so clueless. I'm like Taylor's on the sideline. Dude, what, what, what are we doing here? Like, like there's nothing more irritating. It's a, it's a, it's a problematic organization from the fan base <laughs> to the, the, the players, the coaching staff. What accent was that, by the way? I didn't I recognize that Cincinnati. Well, people will be have uh, Southern. Well, wow, you know, you know, you know, I'm on Kentucky, so like right on the true. border. So a there lot of go. people have this like thick accent, which is weird to me too. I'm Just like a wait. rough couple days for the since you know the the Ohio Kentucky corridor. First devastation in Kentucky, and then the Bengals <laughs> and a Bengal. Too soon. Too soon. I know. Yeah, I mean, the, game, the game didn't end 24 hours oh. ago. Yeah. smirk at the audacity <laughs> <laughs> well tug you mentioned and i and i have to uh talk about it briefly five teams now are seven and six in the afc five teams can you so, name those teams for us yeah let's pull this up we have uh where are we the bill the, are the bills one of them yeah. yes yeah so it's they they feel alive they do so the so the five seven and six teams We'll go in order as far as who's in and out of the playoffs. Number six, you have the Colts, seven seed the Bills, eight seed the Browns, nine seed the Bengals, ten seed the Broncos, and the Bengals and Broncos play this week in Denver. Pretty amazing job this year with uh, the, the, the I mean the Broncos. I don't know if they played anyone. I mean they beat the, they beat the Cowboys. They beat up on whoever they played the Lions yesterday. But I don't. I can't imagine. I can't think of who they've beaten. But um, they're gonna be really good next year when they get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, that's that's know. like that's at this point. I mean, it's the it's the Elway curse, it's the Kaepernick curse. But like, just he's out of there now. You just, you just have to go and get a quarterback for that damn team. Pretty impressive. You think Aaron Rodgers is gonna leave Green Bay? That's one of. Well, I think he has to. I mean, I think the, I think the Packers have to move on from him. I mean, they just otherwise. Like the, the the draft pick is just they're gonna, they're gonna keep for another year and then Love's gonna be on one year deal and they're gonna go to Love and they have to like re financially they just pin themselves into or painted themselves into such a corner from a financial decision. How can you, I mean he's um, right he's right in the thick of winning an MVP again like having a number one seed. Well, what, yeah, I mean I look I agree I just feel like that there's a, a lot of too many bridges burned. He's probably mad at some behind the scenes leaking of medical information or, or whatever. I just feel like, you know, the whole, the whole not drafting wide receivers. And he, he probably sees like, you know what? I, he's a spite. He may be like, I mean, I don't, he just seems like a spiteful guy. He seems like a guy that's like, let me just go 
to a team that looks like they're on the cusp and, and do basically do a Brady. It's like, let me just go to a team that looks like they're ready. I mean, the, the offense on the, the Broncos team has got some pieces. So, I mean, yeah. signs point to him going. I don't know. What Listen, do you think, Joe? the Giants, the Giants uh, being in town this weekend, there was, uh, there was a lot of, you know, my New York football uh, Giants friends, not n- naming names here, but a lot of people in town that, uh, you know, are telling me things that I should be looking out for in the, in the coming years. And one of the big t- drunken Saturday night topics of conversation was where not is Aaron Rodgers leaving, but where is Aaron Rodgers leaving to? And I was like, really? Oh, I didn't know it was like a for sure, like that next year he's gone. And I mean, I think you've got to imagine that the end of this season will have a lot of say in that. I mean, and then, but then it becomes like, what if they win the, a Super Bowl? Right. Does the Super Bowl help him stay or help him leave? Like, I don't know. Does he just go, okay, well, there's the second one I got you guys. And now, like, I don't want to hear it. I'm out of here. Don't give me any fucking grief about it. Or, you know, the fan base is, rips them apart for letting go a guy who just won a Super Bowl for them. But because it's, it's certainly with last night's performance, it's certainly in the mix now. Well, you just alluded to it, uh, Russell Wilson as well. Who would you guys have higher odds leaves or are they about equal Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers leaving their team? I mean, from a situational standpoint, you just got to say Russ, because I think the team is in shambles. I mean, I, I feel like they've, they've just dug themselves a grave with some bad thoughts about bad moves over the years. I mean, including the Jamal Adams trade has not worked out for them. They don't seem to have any, I'm sure Russ is frustrated because they can't see, they don't have, there's, there's been some injuries, but they, there's no real continuity in what they're trying to do offensively. There's no, there's like everyone wants to let Russ cook. But if you look at their stats, they're in the bottom four or five of plays run per game. They run like 60 plays per game, like almost a quarter less than some opponents. There's just no, there's just no real flow to that team. I mean, yesterday they got kind of got it going yesterday, but they they played a not very good team. Yeah. So Metcalf, they haven't really hit Metcalf much this year. There just seems to be a lot of it. I, I just feel like Russ is also. Sorry to interrupt you, Joe. Is it no? He, you know, he. What's his? What's his? What's his moniker? What's his thing, Mister? Uh, Mister. Whatever. Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah, Mister. Unlimited. Just like he just wants a chance to be on a, like a brighter spotlight. Yeah, but but Wait, Russ, th- but, Joe and I's common ground, I think, at this point, like he's better when he's not Mister Unlimited. He's better when, like, we're all. I think we're probably all in agreement. But, okay, when he's but, throwing but, the ball twenty five times. But a game. I'm not talking about. But Russ feels differently. You know what I mean? But he, but he'd be it's wrong. Statistically, he he'd be wrong. He performs better when he throws the ball less. I mean, has, I think that I, I I would say Russ has the greater odds of leaving simply because everything I know about sports at this point, Russ coming out and saying, I have a no trade clause and I'm not going to waive my no trade clause. I'm here to stay and say, I'm like, oh, so you're 100 percent leaving. Yeah, got it. Got and it. both both te- both players have sort of hinted that the, the Broncos are a place that they want to go. So and that's interesting to me. Um so I, mean, I, I think there's a good shot that one of them does in there, even though Te- Teddy's always been like, I, I don't know. What do you guys think of Teddy? Is it, he's, he's like not, gr- not great or even very, or even good, but he, he has found ways to he's very, he's such a middling quarterback. Like he's not bad by any means, right. 
but he hasn't been able to elevate, fully elevate uh, some teams. There's just He's always in the mix. There's just throws he can't make, you know, then it becomes, you know, this game manager thing with that they have a, you know, playmaker defense. They've got some weapons on offense. Like it's it's the same thing he did with the Saints, you know. Um, but in the end, <laughs> he's on so many teams. Yeah. I mean, it's but in, in the end, he's one of those guys. It's like you put him on the Panthers and what was he when the team around it wasn't great. He wasn't elevating the yeah. team. You know, he he may, he can play fine on a good team. But that's if you look at the Broncos, I mean, pre Peyton Manning, it's the exact same thing. They were like, just give us a quarterback who can elevate the people around. Him. And Peyton Manning with half a neck comes in there. Sets offensive records, wins a goes goes to super, two Super Bowls, wins one. Like yep. that's time to do it again. Yeah. Okay. Early Same call. Position. Early call. Look ahead. Two of those seven and six teams play next week. Bengals, Broncos in Denver. Who do you guys like? Do the Bengals lose a third in a row? Is there a lineup yet? No, I haven't even looked at the line. I'm sure there is, but I'm sure I'm sure there is. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't I'll dig it up while we're talking. Um. Uh, I sort of I, lean. I you know, I'll go. I'll go to Joe. I, I mean, I'm I lean Broncos because like the Broncos are. Look at the teams that they're losing to. Like I think Broncos on the road is a far more difficult game than the Niners at home. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I'm gonna bring up something. Shout out to uh, Tyler Hawkins for uh, always doing the great analytics for our show. Because I I wanted to ask him that because I knew there's minus one and a half according to ESPN. Okay. Who is that? Broncos? Denver's minus one and a half. Wow. So they're saying Bengals are better on a neutral field. So, because I know the Bengals are three and four at home this year. So I said, I said, what's the breakdown? So this is the breakdown. This is the current breakdown. Oh, he's changing it in real time. Is he changing it in real time? Tyler, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. In real time or right now, home teams are, it's 100, 100. Home teams have won 100 games. Away teams have won 103 and one with one tie. So it's almost even this year as far as home versus away, which is pretty great. It's basically saying home field advantage isn't mattering. Now, in 2020, home field didn't matter at all because there was no fans. In 2020, uh, it was 134, 121, and one. So basically, there's only a three-game difference this year. It's almost 500. So home field really hasn't mattered this year in the NFL. I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting, right? I feel like the days of, oh, home field advantage is huge. Well, statistically this year, it's just not. I think also the way stadiums have changed, the way, you know, locations, like obviously the Chargers don't have a home field advantage whatsoever. Like, you know, you look at certain teams where it doesn't matter. I think the Bengals don't. There was, I would say there was 30% Niners fans at that game yesterday. Yeah. I think there's, I, 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 would, I would say there's half, you know, a handful of teams where really like they almost have a home field disadvantage and then teams where it just like, doesn't, you know, doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you flip, the, if you flip that game in the, the Niners stadium, there wouldn't be any Niners fans there either. I mean, same thing happened with uh, in Dallas yesterday. I mean, there was a, many more, the, 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 the Washington football team was booed when they came, they came out yesterday because there's so many Cowboys fans there. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this to answer your question. I'm, I will take the Bengals partly because of what you're saying. And I also think, like, I believe in recency bias. I feel like people saw the Broncos win, play well, Bengals stumble. and um, But the line tells me that 
the, the Vegas is not confident in the home team. So I'll go ahead and take the one and a half points for, we, for the Bengals. Are we going to, you just talked about it. Can we talk about your Cowboys finally? Yes, let's do it. This is what we're, this is what the, the tug signal was put out for the paper tiger report. Paper tigers. Are they paper tigers? Now they're, they're, they're locked in as the four seed. And I think frankly, like that's where they should be ranked. I mean, like this isn't, let's not say that they're, they're better than the Cardinal Cardinals. I think are still, I'd love to see the Cardinals make a run. I think they're really a fun team. Can we trust them in the playoffs? I don't think you can trust them more than the same two teams that were in the, the conference championship last year, the Packers and the Bucks. Like you have to imagine that those teams are, those two are probably the favorite favorites to come out. And then you have the Cowboys, you know, kind of rightfully locked in at the four seed and they got to play what maybe the Rams, you know, in the first game, like that's right. pretty much a toss up. So are they paper tigers? I'm not gonna say paper tigers because I don't value them more than where they are. I think they're perfectly rated in the NFC. I think they have a chance to beat. They almost beat the Bucks early in the year. The problem is the Bucks look just solid. Like they look, you know, it's a typical Tom Brady run organization where it's like he knows what to do against what team. Fournette looks as good as he's been. They're 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 talented. I mean, Gronkowski's back to his old self. I mean, I, I just don't feel like that they're better. Like the Cowboys are better than them, so I think so they're perfectly I, I, placed. I, I, I see. I see what you're saying. So they're not paper tigers because they're wh- where they're sitting is where you think they they should be sitting. Now, Correct. Now, do you what like do you think uh, that the this Cowboys team could win this Super Bowl? Could like in some world go on a run, get through the NFC, and beat whatever team came out of the AFC? I do. I do think they can win it. I don't. I don't think they will win it, but it would have to be like a March Madness style thing where a couple teams get knocked out. You know, the, the team out of the AFC is sort of a, you know, it's like, who, you know, whatever. It's, it's the, it is the, the Bills or whoever is, you know, somehow the AFC North champion makes it out, you know. Do I, I mean, we'll talk about the AFC in a second because I, I, I'm as perplexed in that conference as I am about the Cowboys. But the Cowboys can beat. The Cowboys always play the Packers tough. You know, Aaron Rodgers has, has made some great throws to beat Dallas in the past had some bad luck with the referee. So I would expect that to be a good game. I think we're learning, you know, Pollard was out this week, but I think hopefully McCarthy's learning that Pollard is the more explosive player at this point. And so we kind of utilize that and Amari's getting healthy. So I think, and I think like the defense is ball hawkish, you know what I mean? Like they, they, sure. can, get, I mean, they, they can get Parsons burnt. But they, and, and, and Diggs. Uh, like Parsons just incredible. Is, he's he's I mean, one of the best. Get, he's one of the best I've ever seen. Like in my lifetime, like Lawrence Taylor came out a little. He was a little before you know I was watching games. I would say Parsons is one of the best defensive rookies I've ever seen. I think he's. I think he's that good. I really do. What's amazing about that is they they drafted him as an inside linebacker, and they moved him to outside because of an injury, and basically changed the the you know landscape of the Cowboys' defense, but also his own trajectory as a player. He could be the I mean, he should be legitimately considered the defensive player of the year. Yeah, he's in the mix uh, for sure. This year, and you know, and Diggs can get burnt. And I think that's the problem. Like you, you might play, you might play Aaron Rodgers, who gives you a double move, and you know, he's toasted. The Cowboys give up top five most yards in double moves. But that, and that's league. that's sort of I mean, obviously the coaching staff has changed a lot, but but post Cowboys like Super Bowl 
dynasty era, that's the thing. Like even when the Cowboys have good defenses, they're susceptible to giving up huge plays and like huge scoring games. Like they through all the years where it was like the Roma, Oh, our defense is pretty good. It's like, they never had a defense was like, Oh, this is like a stout. You can count on them to just lock a team down. And that's, and that's still who they are. Like, I mean, from week to week, you're like, Oh, is this defense good? Or is this defense just dynamic in, in spots? Yeah, I would say dynamic in spots. I mean, they, they, they've, they've like, let's look at crazy. When we played, uh, we played the, the Saints two weeks ago. Taysom Hill, you know, he was just his first start of the, you know, the year that I can recall. Good spot for the Cowboys. Then you have uh, Heineke, who I actually do like, but when you get up to a bad, Heineke reminds me of like uh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo, you, you know, in the first quarter, if you're going to have a good Garoppolo game or not, because yeah. they, they just kind of get into a rhythm. They start to find rhythm in the games. And if the rhythm is bad, which Heineke experienced, it's going to be rough sledding. So uh, I, to answer your question, I mean, I, I'm enjoying the Cowboys team, I, but they're the same team. They, they, they play down their competition. I, hopefully they can get up to beat the Rams. And then I think that they'll, then they'll have a really good chance to beat one of those top four teams because they do, they do play up to their competition. I mean, the Cardinals and the Cowboys actually play in a week or two. Um, so that'll be a fun test to see where we are. But to me, I think the, the, the two Titans are still the Packers and the Buccaneers. And I, and I would still take the Buccaneers at this point. I mean, uh, you know, it's because I think they're more complete team. Now, I think Joe and I both agree. I, I would, if it was a first round Rams, Dallas in Dallas, I'm, I'm taking the Rams. I, I think they're paper Tigers. Like, like I, 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 I just, I don't see them beating the Rams. I don't see them beating even like, like the Packers. I just, games are going to be tough. They're going to be close because it's the playoffs. I just, I don't know. I just, nothing, nothing about this team. Like what's the state? What's the standout game? You're talking about they played the Bucks close. That was week one. You know, like like what what what's this? What what's the standout game for the Cowboys this year? Where you're like, wow, if they play like this, they could go far. I mean, there there really is none. Um, and and that's I mean, kind of my point. Well, I, I, I mean, we're we're not arguing too off too far off the same thing. It's like okay. I, yeah. do I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that they're. I mean, I think I've said what I've had to say, but. The, the most disappointing thing was the loss of the Raiders to me. That was a really disappointing loss. Like that's a loss. That's a, and they 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 always seem to be a, a little bit of a letdown in the past few years with, with the Thanksgiving game. Like they lost the Chargers a few years back where Hunter Henry went off. And, but um, that, that that's the game. Like the Raiders look terrible. The Raiders are terrible right now, and to have that one game where they 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 didn't have a chance to dominate a team was was really disappointing. I will say this though. The, the paper tiger to me is the, the question you need to ask is are the Cardinals paper tigers? Cause they're the actual, they're actual one seed. You know, we just say, is, is, do we believe in this team? We'll learn a lot tonight on Monday night football. Yeah, for sure. If we think this team is, is good, but yes, I think the, the, the Cowboys played the Rams in the playoffs in the Coliseum two or three years ago, they lost. Um, you, you were actually, a, you were actually, we were calling that live. I don't know if you recall this at the smut studio. We oh, cool. I was there. Yeah, I was you, there. No, you, I was. I went. To, I, I went. To, I went to the game. Okay. Um, you're right. You're so at the game. Been, Joe, Joe, that would have been us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing about the Cowboys in one way or the other. Like, I, I'm, I'm on the same page where it's like, yeah, 
do, do I think that they would beat uh, the Rams at home? And like, no, but they certainly could. And then to me, the question, you know, and then Tug saying, well, you know, if we get a March Madness run of opponents and I'm just sort of like, listen, I, there's nothing about this Cowboys team that tells me they can reel off four straight wins against quality playoff quality opponents. But on paper, none of those teams are like, oh, I couldn't see them beating a Bucks team. I couldn't see them beating a Rams team or a Packers team. Yeah, I could see them beating any of those teams in, in a vacuum, but I don't see them doing it a couple weeks in a row. And then, the, the, you know, the Cowboys showing up in the playoffs and going, yeah, we beat the Rams at home. Now we got to go on the road to the Bucks or the Packers and we win that game. And then we go, you know, like, I just don't see that. But to me, to me the scenario is I would love to see the Cowboys slip into the three seed somehow. And then you get a three, six matchup or something, whatever, whatever that matchup is. And then you have to beat one good team and then, then potentially have to play the Cardinals in the conference championship. Because I think if you play the Cardinals in a conference championship, you have a, it's probably a 50, 50 game at that point to me with Kyler playing his first game, Kingsbury, like you don't know what you're going to get in that right. situation. So to me, like you want to really work hard to get to that three seed. I think it's the de- um, Arizona. I think it's their defense that no one talks about enough. Like, I, I think that's why they're so good. It's obviously Murray missed what three or four games. Their defense is so good. It's kept them at the one seed. Like, like it's, it's just undervalued. And I agree. I, I don't know. Cause it, it is tough. A guy who's never been in the playoffs, a coach who's never been in the playoffs experience, as we know, is so key come playoff time. I mean, we're going to learn a lot about the Cardinals in the last few weeks. They have, they have the Rams, obviously on Monday night football, you have a lions game. That's, you know, chalk that up to win. but then you got, you know, a, a frisky Colts team in Arizona. Then you have the Cowboys on the road and then, you know, Week 17 or week 18, I guess it is now. You have a Seahawks Cardinals game, which like that's almost a that's almost a litmus test game, too, because like where are you at in terms of playing for the one seed or not playing for the one seed? Like, are, are you sitting guys? Are you are, are and are you just well, kicking the shit out of that a game? team that's kind of like run the division for a little bit of time? Joe, where is that game? The last game of the year, Seattle. That is in Seattle. Uh, that might be in Arizona. It's in Arizona. I still yeah. think Seattle wins that game. By the way, I think I see Seattle is going to ruin whatever the Rams have going for it. I mean, even if, if they don't play, if they, the ones he's locked up, the Seahawks will win. And if the, the Rams need it, I think the, the Seahawks will win. That's just how I foresee that game going. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Cowboys for me, uh, I, I think they'll beat the Rams if they do play in, in a playoff game. I think. We have to remember Matt Stafford. You know, Matt Stafford played really good against the Cowboys uh, in a playoff game a few years ago, but there were some weird calls in that game. There was a questionable um, pass interference th- that game. There was, yeah. I remember. Um, but it still feels like a situation where you know, almost like Matt Stafford is the is the quarterback that you want to play in the playoff. If you have a ball hawking team, you kind of want Matt Stafford to be on the other side sometimes. Um, so I would lean Cowboys in that game. But further than that, I think one win is – is a nice is, is is good win if you get two wins in the playoff it's a great year for the Cowboys. oh his legacy there's a lot in the line for Stafford I think right because he's still not I know he was in Detroit but he still never won a playoff game which whatever you're in Detroit like if he doesn't win a playoff game this year I think that just puts so much pressure on him moving forward because he does have the off you know obviously they had a big injury um to Robert Woods but you do got you do have the boy genius, so to speak, in McVeigh. I, I just think 
he might feel a lot of pressure, right? And that and that would be tough, a, a road game to start the playoffs. But if he doesn't win a playoff game, I'll ask you, Joe, because obviously you're a big Stafford guy. Like, does that make you reevaluate Stafford if he doesn't win a playoff game? Well, year? I mean, I think if you're a if you're Rams brass, you're like, we're in to this guy either way. What was our you know, what was the other option? We 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 ride the Jared Goff train forever and we know he's an upgrade from that but i think it's a similar thing where i i almost think you he has to win multiple playoff games because i mean in terms of yeah the draw oh you get it you get a tough draw like your first you know i i honestly i think like the end of this year the rest of this year is the beginning of it like fight to but, you know, you got the the Cardinals tonight. You, you got to fight to move up, put yourself in a position where potentially you get a home playoff game. And then, you know, like, yeah, I think you if you go on the road to a Cowboys and we like you absolutely have to win that game or else like, what are we talking about? Because you have a you have a home game a couple of years ago against a Cowboys team and you win it last year. You win uh, a road playoff game with your backup in which, you know, arguably probably played better than Goff would have. But yeah, I think that's the whole point of this move is leaning into this is the difference. So, yeah, I think, you know, this if you're the Rams, you got to be playing in an NFC championship game to feel like that you did something. It's like, okay, we can build on that. We were right. We got the new quarterback. He immediately takes us to a conference championship. And now what do we do around him? I just want to jump in and say that's why that's one of the reasons why I like the Cowboys in a, in a playoff because the, the, it's everyone focuses on the Cowboys almost in every game except the Rams this year when everyone knows the Rams are all in. It's almost like there's more pressure. It's weird to have a game where the Cowboys need to win a Super Bowl less than someone does. Like the Rams right. are more on the clock. So to me, it's like wow, I, I don't think I've ever seen a scenario where the Cowboys have less pressure to win a game than the Rams do. So that to me was like another reason why I would probably lean towards a Dallas win in the playoffs. But a few weeks to go remains to be seen. A lot of things are going to happen. You know, you know, there's going to be more player injuries. There's going to be more COVID situations. It's like you can't really get too far ahead of things in the NFL. I, yeah, I know. I, yeah, you need you need Amari Cooper to start hanging out with like some you know Alabama guys from other teams in, <laughs> yeah. in, in his free time. Yeah, exactly. And, and and who knows? Will the Jacksonville Jaguars score another point? Or will Urban Meyer finish out the year? There's a, there's a lot to unfold. Can we jump into the Urban Meyer? I, I just, we have to jump into the Urban Meyer situation. Because from all reports I've read, they're going to keep him around. How can you possibly keep Urban Meyer at this point? And the reports which he's refuting are that, what, what happened yesterday? There was a huge dispute in the locker room with receiver Marvin Jones. And then at a staff meeting, Urban went, did you guys read this? Urban went crazy. And accordingly, or apparently he said that he's a coaching staff for losers and that he's a winner. And now he's saying anybody who's leaking this stuff and that it's not true. First of all, he's been a liar his whole life. So I don't believe anything Urban Meyer says, right? They're going to be fired. I just like disaster after disaster, you know, bad PR, like how can, 
how can this situation maintain for an, a second year? I just, I just don't know how, like, like how I know it sucks. And, uh, we have a call, which is kind of about the Jags. Let me just play this call. Cause I thought it's kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about this. Let me play the call real quick. Hey, Joe and Andy, this is Dawson from beautiful Bellingham, Washington. I was thinking with all the stuff going down with Urban Meyer and the Jags, I was wondering, because, you know, they were in the AFC Championship game not too long ago, I was wondering, have you guys ever seen, or what is your most famous slash notable team, have you ever seen a team that has destroyed what could be a contender and had so much young talent, so much promise, because back then they went toe-to-toe with the Patriots, they were a couple plays from the Super Bowl, have you ever seen a team fall apart so quickly due to their own self-destruction? You know, getting rid of Ngakwe, getting rid of Jalen Ramsey, um, keeping Blake Bortles. Like, have you ever seen a team so hell-bent on their own destruction? Let me know what you boys think. And condoms are for anyone who thinks that Urban Meyer was ever going to be a good coach. Well, I definitely agree with that last part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it was, so it was four years ago. Yeah. So, so there was some time, but I almost, I never thought about it until he left that call. It, I mean, I know teams will have their one year out of nowhere, like the NFL, you never know what to expect, but they really did just make off. That was a good squad. That was a really good squad. I think right? it was a good squad, but also a flawed squad. And when you're there and you have that, like, you have that magical run, and of course, it ends at the hands of the Patriots. That you are in a position where you go, do we dismantle or do we go all in? And the idea that you would be that close and you wouldn't say, "Hey, we got to the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles. Maybe we just keep everybody here and replace Blake Bortles." You know, that's essentially what McVay said if, with the Rams. You know, we got there, we were on the cusp, we didn't do it. I think that the problem is the quarterback. Let's just do everything that we have to. Now, Blake Bortles played fine, but again, to, like the idea that they somehow survived that game, did they go on and win that Super Bowl? Probably not. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been against the Eagles. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's that's the move that you have there. And then also, you know, you 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 get a couple more pieces. They were right there. I mean what I'm saying, I guess is like, you really had two choices. Like the idea of just like, like sticking around and, and, and seeing if we can come back next year and do it again. Like that, it wasn't really legitimate, but the idea to not go the other way and just say, yeah, let's throw whatever we have to, because look at what they've done now. They've thrown everything at urban Meyer. Like this is, this was your plan instead of just like going like, Hey, we're right here. Let's take like the Tom Coughlin leadership and, you know, the, the, the coaching staff that's in place, all these, you know, talented players that we got because we were drafting really high and just get the missing piece, get the 40 year old Peyton Manning, get the Matt Stafford, get whoever you need that says, yeah, I can take young guys and I can lead them to a championship. You know, the, the one team that comes to mind, you know, is, is the, the late aught jets team they kind of had things rolling you know for a couple of years and then just fell apart as far as, as not recovered from that yeah um and a similar situation where it's like really good you know defense 
sort of like a, a middling quarterback situation. And I think this is sort of maybe the theme of the episode. I mean, Joe and I always talk about quarterbacks when we come in here, but like organizations knowing what to do with the quarterback situation. You know, I think people learned from the Bortles situation, probably not the best idea to extend them. So now you look at people like the Rams who move on from, move on from their quarterback. They kind of cut bait a little early. You look at Kingsbury, you know, getting away from Josh Rosen after one year. So I think teams are maybe showing the model right now is to like move a year early rather than move a year late with things. This is me talking about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson situations, knowing how to, to balance that. So the, the problem to me is with the Jaguars is at some point Amir Khan's got to be held accountable for as, as one of the worst owners in the league, you know, under, under Tom Coughlin, three quarters of the player violations that were called in for some sort of abuse, whether it was ver- verbal or oral came from under the Tom Coughlin regime to the NFL. Now, wh- whatever people, whatever people need to want to say about that is like, there's something going Something's not being addressed internally. Right. And, this com- continues to bleed into urban. The only thing I'll say about this, about urban, where's the lie? These coaches are losers. They are losers. <laughs> right. But he um, hired them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just joking. I'm just yeah. joking. This is indefensible. Um, I, I, way- I, 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 you know, honestly, the, I think the answer for the Jaguars is you, you, you had an opportunity where you draft the guy that for three years, everybody is saying is the, you know, the next Andrew Luck, like on paper, he's the great, you know, quarterback savior. There's that moment there where he's obviously has an opportunity to be the face of your franchise. And you literally hire someone that is more the face of the franchise. Like that, when you think of the Jaguars now, you think Urban Meyer. And I know that in the player empowerment era across sports, you don't want to give one player or, you know, a couple of players so much say that they, you know, the inmates are running the asylum. But at the same point, it's like, how is the answer, at least if not before this season, right now, how is the answer not? Listen, Trevor Lawrence, who do you want to coach this team? Do you, you want us to go get fucking, you know, your college coach? You want us to go like, who do you want to coach this team? Like, because this is the way it's got to be. I think the Jaguars such a kind of dysfunctional franchise that whether Trevor Lawrence has shown you he's the next great quarterback or not, I think you have to go all in on that idea as opposed to going all in on urban Meyer. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is a great point that I couldn't agree more with when you think of that organization. Now you do, you don't think about, the next like they've been hyping up Trevor Lawrence, like you said, for three years is the next Andrew Luck, the prodigy, the boy genius, a quarterback. I literally just think of Urban Meyer when I think of the Jags now. To me, that's why you point the, the blame all the way up to the top. I mean, it's like Khan has got, you know, it's like we're, we the three of us, with all due respect, are just guys on the street. And every guy on the street knew Urban was the wrong choice for this. Right. Sure. It was never a good idea. Yeah, everyone so now, agreed. Everyone every, knew this. Uh, yeah, every shitty, every shitty podcast. Like, how many years did he last? Two <laughs> years? Three years? Like, every listener on, on yeah. the, to this podcast knew this was a bad idea. So, uh, hold on. Hold on, Joe. Swingman underscore nine. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out to Swingman underscore. <laughs> He's like, well, Maybe I didn't know that they weren't going to have the Allen brothers. 
but uh, the, the thing I'll say is, I th- you know, you, any point to the, or allude to the fact that they're going to maybe keep him around. I think what's going to happen is to save face, he's going to respectfully bow out and say he wasn't fired. He's like, you know what? He might lean on his health issues, stress oh, level dude, thing. If, if that comes back again, I will love it. Yeah. And so I think we, my gut is we won't see him for a year or two. And he'll probably say, you know, there'll be some internal discussions and he'll say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. Um, because again, I mean, if we, like Joe said, we, any, every NFL team, same thing about Jordan love, like you need to start seeing what these young, young guys can do because that's the best time to build your team in that window. So yeah. Well, look, anyway. well, look I have some, I have some good advice for Jags fans. We, we all know how important mental health and your well-being is luckily here at dirty sports we have a great app where you can talk to someone can you imagine being a jags fan joe four years of this now urban meyer four years yeah how about 25 years of this right guys if you need to talk to someone licensed therapist over at talk space can help you they're available 24 7 they have over thousands of licensed therapists That'll reach out to you. You can schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. So if you're a Jags fan in Florida, if you're a Jags fan in London, you know, the hotspots, wherever the Jags fans are, you can reach out to a licensed therapist at Talkspace. Yeah. At any time. So if you feel like your mental health has been stuck on the sidelines, Talkspace is here to help match with the licensed therapist. When you go to Talkspace, Dot com and get $100 off your first month with promo code DIRTY. That's D-I-R-T-Y. That's $100 off when you use code DIRTY at Talkspace.com. And uh, it really is a great app, guys. Obviously, I, I talk a lot about going to therapy, and Talkspace has helped me a lot. And it's really helped me as I've uh, basically decided I have no life now in the Midwest, like Tug alluded to earlier. These are great things that I talk about with my therapist on Talkspace.com. So use promo code DIRTY to get $100 off. And the best part is you can do it from anywhere. Like yesterday, I called into Talkspace from SoFi in the third quarter. Once the Giants, you know, had officially rolled over, I was like, why don't I just get my therapy, my Monday therapy appointment in early on a Sunday afternoon from my eighth row seats at SoFi. That's a great great segue, Joe, as well. Can we talk about seeing the Giants live? You and Tucker both been to SoFi. We'll do... You know, I don't think we can do Michael Majid reviews because yeah. he he's he's the upper echelon. Yeah, of stadium I'm not trying. Reviews. I'm not. I'm not a Majid pretender. You know, I'm not trying to be that. That that's his. That's part of his brand. I'm just here to tell you about my my experience of the game. I didn't. Uh, I didn't write down. I don't have anything on my teleprompter here. Uh, but you know, first of all, the the from a game standpoint, like. Really, it almost feels like I dug my own grave. Like, I feel like th- I spent the last four weeks on this show talking about how the Chargers, for some reason, especially against, you know, defenses that can't possibly, you know, stay with receivers that long, why they don't drive the ball down the field more. And then, of course, they were like, hey, we, Joe, we see you there and we heard you. Uh, how do you like this Justin Herbert scramble and 70 yard bomb? Uh, how do you like a lot of long crossing routes just tearing apart your Giants defense? I was like, well, you know, it, it feels nice while you're stabbing me in the throat to tell me like you were right, but I'm still going to die from it. 
Um, so from a game standpoint, you know, it was difficult. And, and also like, I didn't really have high expectations. I mean, the Mike Glennon era is upon us, you know, amazing. we had, oh. we had, we had Jake from lurking every, you know, everybody was uh, rooting for from to show up in the second half. Uh, so many injuries and just such a debacle of a season. Uh, but beautiful SoFi was awesome. Um, I mean, the stadium, like the build of the stadium, I think Tug will agree. Incredible. Like it's an incredible specimen of a football stadium. There are like little things that are weird about it. Like we, we took your seats to get into the stadium. And then I got what I will only briefly describe as the J Lloyd upgrade. And uh, so then we had seats uh, on the, on the 100 level uh, in like the eighth row one of the corners of the end zone and what was really weird is like it's so hard to like go level to level specifically to go from just like the 200 level to the 100 level. like we had to go down like 15 escalators somehow like i can see the seats from the 200 i'm like i'm 20 rows away and it's like you can't do this first you have to take an escalator that skips like the sweet entrances and whatever so it was like a debacle to get down to those seats. Nothing for some reason is like marked. I sent you a picture of the bathroom. Like I left my seats and like went to the bathroom, stumbled around for like 10 minutes, finally found this lady. And she's like, well, this is like a single stall family bathroom. You don't want that. She's like, what section are you? And I was like, 123. And she's like, there's a bathroom right outside the door to your section. So I was like, how is that possible that I missed that? And I walked back. It's, it's unmarked. It's just a, it's just a door. Doesn't have a human being man on it. Doesn't have a dress late, like nothing. I, sh- I sent you the picture. There's no markings that says this is a bathroom. I was like, okay, well there's 20 minutes of this football game. I won't get back. Well, well um, I sent. let me, if I can hop in real quick, I said the equivalent to you off air, the unmarked bathrooms with no signage. It's, it's the cool bar that doesn't have a sign. Yeah, it's almost like L.A. and it's very L.A., a new L.A. stadium. Like they were trying to be so chic that they don't label the bathrooms. You just find them. It's like the cool yeah. bar. You just find it. And and that's cool if there was like little speakeasies in, in uh, SoFi. <laughs> now when I, I got to take a piss, I'm like running out with a minute left to go in the half, try to beat the crowd. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, a great place to watch a football game. Almost everything outside of the actual watching the game is kind of like, uh, you know, there's no tailgating, like tailgating is pretty much limited to one parking lot where I think you need like a tailgating ticket. Uh, there didn't seem to really be like a great vibe. Like there's like a nightclub on the field level, but like no one knows how to get there. It, it, it didn't really seem like there's like a great, like, Oh, there's these, even on the, whatchamacallit, like the walking, uh, you know, Areas where they had those these bars overlooked, those were all like block. Like you need a special ticket just to get into these bars that sort of overlook the field. So, as far as the uh, stadium review goes, you're in the seat, you're watching a football game. It's pretty awesome. Otherwise, the, the sort of the bells and whistles are misconstructed, if you ask me. I mean, there's still some things I need to figure out in year two. I mean, maybe marking some bathrooms will be good I, 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 the, the food also it, needs, it leaves a little to be desired I, I took my son to the cowboys chargers game 
I wasn't lucky enough to get Andy's seats. Um, so I had to buy some. Um, and, I, and I didn't know if my five-year-old would want to stay the whole game. So I bought them pretty high up because I was like, I'm not going to spend $800 on two quarters. Yeah. But having said that, the seats up on the last, the highest level are still really good. I mean, it's still, it's kind of a fun vantage point to see everyone in the space and um, see the full design from like a panoramic view. Uh, I agree with you. Kind of, kind of hard to get around. There is like a nice on the wings. On the, you know, there's there's the forum that's probably like 250 yards away. The old forum where the Lakers played. It's like in the same area, and they have a lot of concerts there. The Strokes played there. Tame Impala. So it's kind of a cool little area. And with the Clippers coming eventually, it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be a hot little spot. I mean, for you, what is it? 10, 15 minutes to get there as the crow flies. Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome to have so much stuff happening on the west side of LA for us um there, there's we're still learning how to get in and out of these places too um but i would say i, I, I do agree with you oh the food i, I mentioned this. i want to get a pretzel you know they're like the pretzel boxes and they rotate yeah you know and you're like oh they look nice i was like let me get a pretzel i thought she was gonna grab one out of the box she reached down below and grabbed me like it was an unsalted mound of bread and i was like this is this is a disaster i, I handed it to my kid and he was like, this, this looks awful. So, I, I, the, only on thing I, the only thing I ate there was like a uh, pizza. They, it, there's a stand. It looks like they're, you know, it's pizza and, and they're, they're handing out pizza boxes. So I'm like, okay, I'm getting like this small personal pizza. I was like, yeah, I'll take a cheese. You know, she hands me it. I open it. It's essentially just like one big square, essentially like New York Sicilian slice that has been burnt. I mean, it, it's 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 been burnt to like it, it was darker than Saquon Barkley. Like it was the darkest piece of pizza I've ever. I was like, I, I, can I return this? She's like, well, it's the last cheese we have left. And I was like, this is unbelievable. The food was awful. Well, that's see no been, cheese. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, that, see, I see no cheese. There's no yeah. cheese on this. I feel obviously I haven't been to a game there, but I feel like that's been the harshest critique of the stadium has been the food. Something very LA was okay. So the pretzel didn't work out. I was like, let's get some ice cream. The only ice cream we could find was vegan ice cream. I'm like, come on, LA. This is ridiculous. Well, what do? Yeah, there is. A, there is like a weird LA. It, it's almost like it takes all the worst parts of LA too. Yeah. Like my girlfriend described the bowels of the stadium as feeling like she was in Kanye West's living room. She's like, everything's white. Nothing's marked. It, it seems like. Yeah, and I was it, like, yeah, this is, it's very weird. And to me, that's like, know your audience. These are people going to see a football game. They don't want vegan ice cream. Like, for as much as I shit in the Bengals, hey, their their main food there is Gold Star Chili. Like, they know their audience. Yeah. Just fat Midwest people who want to shove chili in their face while the Bengals lose. Like, know your audience. Like, to me, you, I don't know if they would even do it, but like. Get an in and out deal at the stadium or, or, or get 100 percent, 100 percent. You get a, that, Isn't that what I said when we went for the tour? It's like, where's yeah. the. Yeah, you know, you know, get something set up with a taco spot. Race. Yeah, you yeah, can see Randy's so. from the from the fourth deck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. Sure. Um, no, I, I, so, I go ahead, Doug. I was just going to say remains. I'm going to give him a pass on year one. We're all learning. Like they're probably like one year deals. So let, let's go next year. And see what you know, what improvements they made, and then I'll then we'll do like a full like you know, love it or leave it sort of. And I think that they're hearing some. I think it's one of those things where it's going to really get dialed in because I heard from a few people who went early in the season that 
uh, one thing that was like not necessarily well done by them, but was in some way fan friendly is a couple of people were like there. It just seems like they have no no security whatsoever. Like people you could just go wherever like you could walk on the field and no one would stop you. And then yesterday for me, I was like, I encountered a security guard every three feet. So maybe they saw some holes in their security and they now they've overdone it. So I think it's going to take some time to just get all the little things dialed in, but it's not that hard. I mean, there's, there's 30 of these in the country that, that, that work and have, you know, food that are, that's edible. Just figure it out. I think it's Jerry Jones's company legends that does the food. So it is. I'm going to have to send, send, in a, send in a phone call to, to Jerry. We're like, come on. It's his company that handles the food and the tickets. Let's do so, it right. Well, I, you, you mentioned Herbert. I mean, that pass, uh, again, I was, at, I was at my own game, but I watched it. It happened at, right in front of me. I every, saw it develop. Every report says that's the best pass in the NFL this year. Do we agree or disagree? As far as – I mean, he threw it 70-plus yards running in the air. Okay, yeah. Every report says that's the best pass. Did you see it, Tug? I didn't see it, but was it to Guyton? Yeah. Because I had, I, had, I had Guyton playing fantasy yesterday. What, was wasn't it Guyton, Brano, or was it? I, I, the, I know the, it, Guyton kind of 59-yarder. I don't know if that was the one. But yeah, the, that was uh, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I watched the development. I mean, he's just streaking down the field, and Herbert gets flushed out of the pocket. But as I've said about this Chargers offense, like this is what they can do that really few teams can do because no one has the arm strength. It's like as long as he survived, like Guyton just kept pulling away from the defensive back, and – as, as, as the play went, he's like, now he's a step ahead. Now he's two steps ahead. Now he's five steps. He's got five steps of separation. And you're like, okay, yeah, but he's 60 yards downfield. And Herbert just uncorks one and touchdown. I mean, I watched the whole thing develop. I was like, yep, that's the thing that they can do. That obviously, you know, the Chiefs have done with Mahomes over the last couple of years. But that should be not that, not bomb plays to end a half or whatever as your strategy, but like I've been saying about this team and they did it a lot better yesterday is like run the, if, if you're a receiver and you're running, once you get to 20 yards, the guy's just going to be running next to you. You break an in route. You're going to be open 100% of the time. And if you can protect a guy who can then drive the ball 20 yards downfield, it's pretty undefensible. I think, I think they'd probably need to go out and get a guy that can do that, those things. I mean, you look at Keenan Allen, sort of a possession receiver, Mike Williams is kind of the, like a jump ball guy. So if they had that third vertical threat, then I think you're really, you know, in business with what you're talking about. Um, you know, they're, they're one of those teams. I feel like huh, they're not quite, they're, they're, they're like a, a Cowboys comp to me. Like they're good. Yeah. You know, like I don't really fear them in the playoffs. No, totally. but they're a good team that can probably beat some people. They have no home field advantage really, because of their legends. Zero. Uh, corporation backing like it's the same. Definitely, I'm gonna that fully kind of support vibe. Jerry in this. This, this is a J- Jerry experiment. Now I'm thinking about Jerry. It's an experimental year. We're gonna get it right in year two. Uh, <laughs> pretzels are gonna be singing. Um, so, which is by the way, not <laughs> we've talked about, it, but not talked about too much. You know the 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 main cog in Cronky getting that stadium and everything and all the back-end deals with Jerry Jones company having the ticket service and the food service. I mean, Jerry Jones was the most instrumental person in getting those teams to LA and getting that stadium. And he, I mean, he's obviously raking in money 
off all that stuff happening, which, which is kind of funny because when I got my Charger season tickets, it wasn't a Chargers employee when I went down to uh, when I went down to El Segundo for those tickets. The guy's like, no, dude, I work for Legends. I don't work for the Chargers. Right. Like, I work well, for Jerry t- Jones. Here's a question, Tug. I assume you've been to Jerry World. I have. And you had to have gone to Cowboy Stadium at some uh-huh. point prior to that? I have. Okay. Yep. So here's something that I felt yesterday and and is sort of backed by also the, the change from old, the old giant stadium to the new MetLife is like, is there, it, I feel like there's a trade-off that teams now make where you get the beautiful new stadium, you get the Super Bowl, you get all the things, the concerts, all the things that come with it, but you give away some portion of your home field advantage. Like these new stadiums are not conducive to like the rowdy, you know, game changing crowd. Like it's it's not Kansas city. Yeah. I mean, the giants used to have a home field advantage at giant stadium. I feel like that's gone at MetLife. You know, now the home field advantage, like, is it windy? You know, like, uh, now obviously the chargers are not the Rams in in terms of their fan base here, LA fans in general, also not the rowdiest bunch, but, I don't see that. I don't see SoFi, no matter what happens to the Rams or the Chargers in terms of their success, being a place where people are afraid to play. It's just too loud. It's, it's not going to happen. No, I agree. I mean, the one, the one model, how old is Invesco? Because I feel like the Seahawks have a relatively more modernish stadium that still presents a home field advantage. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, everyone talks about it. You, you go to Jerry World and beautiful the, the, the light the lighting is interesting and sometimes it kind of affects the games and weird afternoon right, games but right. um but aesthetically very very pretty and um, we loved it andy and i went down there and we loved the experience it was great but it, you know it didn't feel like oh my god like the, the giants when we watched them play had to worry about the crowd noise yeah so so lumen field in seattle yeah was open in 2002 and, and I agree. I think I think they I think they're one of the few newer last I mean, it's 20 still years, 20 newer, years old. Yeah. But has a, a home. And yeah. And I and I agree with Joe. That's exactly how we felt when we went to the Giants Cowboys game. I, I, I was I just remember saying there's no home field advantage here. There, there's and and you really do give that up. You, you, you basically trade home field advantage. For money in, in the suites, because they're always it's, the stadiums are always more sprawling and they're more like. You know, that's what I said about going to the, the Superdome this year. You felt like you were in a room. Now, I know that's like taking into consideration, like modern architectural, you know, design. But you feel like you're in a loud room of football fans. Yeah. And, and, and it'll be interesting, like real quick to kind of lead back to the AFC and who we maybe think is going to come out of there and kind of how they're all bunched up. You know, the Bills are in discussions for a new stadium. We all know they have a huge home field advantage. It's also an older stadium. So, so how, when they get a new stadium, how do the bills kind of appease both, right? The corporate America or whoever is up there, the businesses are going to buy the suites and also the bills mafia, because that's one of the great things, right? About bills fans is they, they do have a huge home field advantage. Like you need to somehow find a middle ground, which, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a uh, there, I think there's two layers to it. It's like pricing out the everyman and not, you know, building 
and, and building a stadium that isn't necessarily conducive to like noise and, and rowdiness and just like all the things that go along with it, like a tailgate, you know, drunk people are louder than sober people. <laughs> like let people drink on your stadium. If you want to have a home field advantage, you should have an area where people can drink the booze that they bought themselves. They brought themselves. That isn't $50 a glass. Yeah. I think one thing to think about is, you know, there's so many business deals and handshakes going on to when, when these uh, stadiums are built, like I almost feel like you just have to find some, <laughs> the most passionate bills architect because it yeah. can be done. It can, it can totally be done. It's like, but what, like, is there a, real quick, is what? there a bills fan? That's actually an architect. I, I want to know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there a single bills? Model I mean, you've fan? seen some of these table towers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I think it can be done. You know, I will say the Bills probably have the one of the few weather of advantages. Like, I mean, they had to happen to play against the best coach of all time on Monday Night Football last week and kind of out game plan them. But like, that's they they have that built in. I mean, they, yeah. that's why they should they can never go dome. You know, they have to basically do like a Lambo style thing and just um, lean into that. But there's got to be a way. I mean. Jerry wants to win. Just to, before we move back to this, I mean, Jerry wants to win because he, you know, he does these little things. He flies in the Cowboys benches yesterday. Right. You know, he wants. He, he like apparently the Washington football team has a, a, a t-shirt they sell with the helmets of each team they play against. They show like a matchup, like Washington football team versus the Giants. Except last yesterday, Jerry did not approve it. So <laughs> he did not approve the t-shirt yesterday. So you know there is a a level of pettiness and wanting to win. I just, I wonder if, where Jerry can draw the line of being like, uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lose a billion dollars on this, but I'm going to help the Cowboys chances of winning. Like, and I um, think that's the, the one thing about Jerry world and, and Dallas, state is like, that's very Dallas. And it's very Jerry, like everything in Dallas, like sits on its own 5,000 acre. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're not just like putting it in an area where everybody's going to drive up up and get drunk it's like that's not te texas is like that's everybody's right. got fucking you know acres around them but you know in in la or in all, all these places where we're doing it i mean you look at san francisco you know they had they had a great home field advantage now they, 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 they their fan base hates their one stadium. of the worst choices in nfl in, in sports history probably yeah to, to move it out of san francisco it's, it's crazy well, well but, I, I, um, I guess they weigh, I bet they guess they weigh the economics, right? Like they would say, Hey, if we make this many more playoff games due to our home field advantage, does it rake in this many millions versus the corporate box suites? Right. I, I don't know if they try to somehow figure I, I, out I, that. I, the yeah, and I, wonder, I wonder if it goes that far because I feel like the, the, the economics of it are like, okay, if we, if we sell, you know, two beers to them for $25 instead of 10 beers to them for $5. Like it's the same thing. You know what I mean? So I think that there's that, but like, are they considering the fact that you probably like hinder your chances of winning, which could obviously make you more money. Like that's how you cultivate a fan base from the, like from children. Right. Is like, like I was a Met, I'm a Mets fan. The Mets were good when I was a kid. Yankees weren't like, that's how you end up being a fan. Like be good. You'll find fans Look in LA. I mean, obviously the, the Rams got here first, but they'll never, the chargers will never catch the Rams. 
because the yeah. Rams got here first and are good. Yeah. So the, the drinks they were selling yesterday in, in the, the suite level where we had our seats yesterday, it was $25 vodka drinks. They were they were orange drinks for the Bengals. They look like cough syrup. Obviously, I don't drink, so I wasn't having them. But you know, my buddy and I were talking about it. We're like, dude, $25 mixed drinks? Like Some guy who drove in from Kentucky is like, I could eat at Applebee's for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> at Applebee's, they give me two for 20. You're giving me one for 25? Yeah. Right. Like, like my, like my buddy was all excited. He's like, dude, we got $50 vouchers per seat for food and drinks. And I'm laughing thinking that's two drinks. Like that's not, it doesn't go that far, but who do you guys like right now in the AFC? As we alluded to the AFC North is a Lamar Jackson gets hurt. It's a Prano. It's like a Prano predicts. We, we discussed his contract last week. You said you would not extend him because you said he's, he's Cam Newton. He's on the brink of that Cam Newton injury thing. And here it I is. Think, I just think it's so difficult. The NFL is so fast and, and it's just a mileage game. It's just, you know, it's just oil changes. Like you can't just play quarterback and put yourself in the position to take those hits and not end up hurt. It's not his fault. It's not like, I mean, I guess it's his fault and that's his style of play, but like, this is like the idea that, you know, he's not tough enough or he's injured, but like, that's not true. It's just, you can't survive it. It's not going to happen. So yeah, I mean, for me, like you look at it at this point, the, 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 like here come the chiefs at this point, if I had money to sprinkle around on who's going to be in the, the super bowl for the AFC, I'm putting the majority of my money on the chiefs. Yeah, I would too. Maybe, maybe it, it was maybe never not dash. the chiefs. Yeah. That, that's exactly. the thing. Like there was that middle of the middle of the year. And it's like, invest all your money now when they look sort of trying to figure it out a little bit, because there was never a team that you feel like is really going to be scaring them. Now, Belichick may be able to put something together. Right. But I'd, I, I would, I, I would put my money on Kansas city at this point. Have you guys um, ever seen a bigger backfire? And I, I was laughing, watching it. I was in the treadmill watching that game in real time of them. like jumping on the logo of the chiefs and literally the first Again, I'm watching it in real time. The first play of the game, Jacobs fumbles and they take it to the house. I'm like, I've never seen a backfire <laughs> happen I w- so I watched quickly. The first, I watched the first half of the game. And I thought of that. They're like, we're trying to fire ourselves up. We're slumping a little bit. And you're exactly right. It was not only the first play of the game. It was like th- the first four series all had a fumble or an interception or so- some- something bad happened. To- I mean, it was the game was over so fast. Yep. Those morning games, the morning games yesterday for were not very good. It's good. No. It was fun as the, the afternoon games turned around. Like those games were like we, we would flip you off of this game, but the other game is just as bad. Yeah. So there's nowhere to go. Yeah, I was sitting. Um, I was sitting here in the morning, being like, "How long do I, you know, let these morning games run before I eject and go and head to the stadium? Like how, you know, I, I got to play the." I don't want to get there too early, but I don't want to miss too much of these games. And then I was just like, oh, I can leave right now. Like these games. <laughs> First quarter. It's like this game is yeah. terrible. And, um, and, the, and listen, we, we both liked the, the Raiders with the points on a back door. But like we, I knew after the first, I was like, no, that's it. You, what the Raiders needed. And I never thought the Raiders had a chance to win that game. But in terms of, you know, for you gambling, it's like, oh, it's, you know, kind of a shootout. They're always 
they're always chasing the 17 points. They're always down a two touchdowns. And then you get the late one where, you know, Kansas city just trying to run out the clock and, but yeah, I mean, they were, that game was over in four minutes Yeah, because the Raiders just shoot, go out to the middle of the field and shoot themselves in the dick. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, uh, we don't want to win this game. We're going to celebrate right here. I mean, I, I, that's one of the few games because to me, the NFL now is very similar to the NBA where I always say no lead is safe. And I've seen it back to back weeks live where, you know, like yesterday, 49ers have a two touchdown lead heading into the fourth quarter. I'm like, Bengals are, I strip said to my buddy who's a Bengals fan, I go, the Bengals will make a push. Just they're home. No lead is safe. Right. Same thing happened last week. The Chargers. Cleveland are, Browns yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Cleveland. Yeah. Like you're seeing it time and time again. Steelers, Vikings, Vikings had a 29 point. Like yeah. it, to me, it's like the NBA. You know, the NBA, they're going to make a run. Teams are making runs now. No lead is safe, but that was one of the few exceptions. The minute he fumbled that first play, I was like, this game's over. It's literally over. <laughs> so- but also, NFL coaches need to look at what the, the Kansas City Chiefs don't go into, like, downshift mode. They don't go, okay, now we're just going to run the game out, mostly because they can't run the ball all that effectively. Except but, yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, but they, they try to – when, when they have you down, they try to step on your neck. And when they've been down the same thing, I mean, like certainly no lead safe against the chiefs, but I don't think we're going to see of all the teams. I don't think you're ever going to see somebody come back from 17 down on the chiefs to, to, you know, sneak by them in a playoff game because the, they don't downshift. Yeah. No, so who, right. else is in the, who else is in the mix? Like we have the Patriots, Kansas city, that's have, uh, that's when I was saying before. That's that would be my that would be my light sprinkle on a oh, okay, you know, Belichick figures it out, comes out with some crazy thing. Otherwise, like I'm not sprinkling any money on anybody else in the AFC. Me either. So so, so right now, yeah, these are the standings: Patriots number one at nine and four. Titans are actually number two at nine and four because they beat Kansas City. Right, uh, but whatever. Now, but now Derek, Derek, Derek Henry, Henry coming back. There is potential Derek Henry coming back. And I'm, I'm not at the point now I'm at the point in Derrick Henry's career where I'm not going to be like, okay, well he had a couple of weeks off, you know, he's going to be rusty. Like I just assume he comes like he undertakers and like stiff arms, a guy into the street, you know, like, so <laughs> I, I guess they're a little bit, they're a little frisky depending yeah. on, on Derrick Henry's return. I agree. So number three would be the chiefs at nine and four and the Ravens are a four seed to eight and five chargers also eight and five at a five seed. Colts and Bills six and seven seeds at seven and six. And then after that, you know, the same old Browns, Bengals, Broncos, Steelers are hanging around at six, six, and one, which is like, God, nobody wants to see them in the playoffs. I think it'd be I, fun. Really? I, I like to see I like to see, I like to see them in the playoffs. Oh I mean, my god. Good, good young quarterback. I mean, that'd be what, would, would wait, 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 wait. I, I said I said Steelers. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to watch the Steelers. I want, <laughs> I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Joe have been saying all along. Like, I was like, oh, this oh. is this is like a tugs a little bit older than us. He's he's rooting <laughs> for the Steelers Cowboys Super Bowl. You know? That's he's right. Like, a return a to glory for the yeah. NFL. Back when I was in college in the 70s, <laughs> we getting around watching Terry. Um, <laughs> no, I think. Uh, you know, I, I want to say the Colts are interesting. Somehow my, my five-year-old has adopted the Colts as his number one team, um, which I don't know why. And I just think he likes the helmet, which, you know, people make that selection. Sure. Uh, that team is like, you know, 
uh, we all know Taylor's having an MVP caliber year. And I like Reich, but like last year they, they got into the playoffs and, and we're just sort of like a fart in the wind. I mean, they're just not very like, is that, I, I, would we see that again with the Colts? Would they get in there and just sort of evaporate? I think this, um, I think I, I don't, I don't like the, the makeup of this Colts team all that much in terms of like their like true winning potential. But at the same time, the Colts in a playoff game against literally anybody but the Chiefs, I'm like, well, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like shocked if you know the Colts beat you know a Texans in a play or the, sorry a Titans in a playoff game or the Colts beat you know a, a Patriots in a playoff game. Like the, the I, fun, I, the, I wouldn't count on them beating the Patriots, but you know I, they're frisky. They can score I, points in bunches. Yeah, it makes sense. And what, what one advantage they have is with Taylor's you can sh- you can shrink the game so quickly. I mean, one yeah. drive can be eight minutes. And then you don't give anyone a chance to really move the ball. So, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, the team is. I'm not. I haven't figured that team out yet. I guess is what I'm saying. I'm still looking around on that team. But yeah, outside of the Titans, are one of those teams that kind of have that sort of a, maybe a better version of uh, if with Derrick Henry or a better, obviously a better version of the Colts because they can run the ball well. And Tannehill is still somehow underrated as a quarterback. I think, um, and they've done a lot with. I mean. I think we're he's, that's a great coaching staff over there. I think we've yeah. realized that they they've they're figuring stuff out over there. My my problem um, with Tannehill is is he's turning the ball over too much and and uh, the sacks. I actually have in front of me. Tyler sent this to me. Q, if you look at QB sack percentage, so basically the times these guys drop back and they get sacked. These are the top five least amount of sacked. Number one is Tampa Bay. Two Minnesota. Three Rams, four Buffalo, five Kansas City. Dallas is six, Indy seven. So like eight Jacksonville, nine Chargers. So like most of these teams are in the playoffs. You know, Green Bay's eleven. You look at the you look at the bottom few, and it's teams that just they get destroyed. And the last is Chicago, then Seattle second to last. Baltimore's third to last. QBs, QBs in Baltimore are getting sacked 9.14% times that they drop back. Cincinnati, almost the same, 8.93. And then there's Tennessee at 8%. I just think those three teams, which right now are on the cusp or in the playoffs, you can't have your quarterback getting sacked 8 to 9% of the times he drops. You know how high that is? Yeah. I, I mean, even yesterday, again, there, there's, it's there's, 8% of the time. Yeah. yeah. There's all. <laughs> there's been all this like talk you know, uh, since they're like little mini run of, you know, it's, it's, it's Tannehill that makes Henry better. No, it's Henry that makes Tannehill better. It's like all these things. It's like the bottom line is, you know, you don't want Ryan Tannehill dropping back and winning you, you the game. Like he is a smart serviceable quarterback that fits in that situation. You need Derrick Henry to be a part of it. It, you know, you're not, you're not blitzing, when Derrick Henry's in the backfield. And so they absolutely need him to be back. But I look at a game like yesterday, 20, nothing against the Jaguars. Jaguars are a dumpster fire, but it's a, it's a division game that like, that's, that's the game where you just got to come out, beat the shit out of somebody, shut them out. It's like, they're doing what they've got to do to keep their head above water until Henry potentially returns, which is the only opportunity they have to, you know, make a real run. 
I will say this is a, this is a Mike Clay uh, borrowed tug dug that as before the game yesterday, Titans running backs were at a higher yard per carry without Derrick Henry than they did with Derrick Henry. So it means nothing other than it's just a stat. I'm just throwing it right. out there. I have right. no opinion on it. Um, Foreman, Foreman scored yesterday. Um, that's a tug nug adjacent stat. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I borrow a lot of my, my nugs. I, I give credit where credit's due. You know, I, I, I have a bibliography at the end of the podcast where I show where I got them from. Um, Remember doing bibliographies when you'd write papers, how important your English teacher would tell you the bibliography to, is to this day. I'm still like to this day, the, the whole idea of bibliography it, it infuriates me. I'm like, so we're not allowed to plagiarize unless we told you where we plagiarized. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah I never it's like, it hey, make sure you put this in quotes. It's like, well, well it's just showing anymore? your work. It's showing your work. It's, yeah. you know, imagine, um, imagine if Twitter forced that. You know how, like, everyone steals yeah. everything on Twitter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. With the memes yeah. and the photoshops. Imagine if Twitter is like, you need you. You have to cite. I saw something the other day. Yeah, or or imagine if our our old, uh, you know, history papers were Twitter and we, and we just have a guy. I'm stealing this underneath <laughs> your, bibli- your bibliography was like, uh, I'm stealing this. I saw, I saw something that was claiming, and I don't know how they would do this because it, this, like it, this isn't the law that Twitter would remove contact or you get a strike for posting somebody who didn't want to be posted. But when you're in the public forum, like the law states, you can be posted when you're in the public. But I read something, and I don't know if they're going to do it. It's claiming you can't post someone without their consent on Twitter that they're so, thinking about doing. So that. essentially, cut cam is canceled. Yeah, I mean, Tug, I saw one of the worst cut cams ever yesterday. Guy was in a Romo jersey and Cowboys hat in our section. I mean, I saw not, multiple Romo jerseys at SoFi yesterday. Niners, bang, Niners, Bengals game, man. You're in full Cowboys gear. Like, what are you doing, man? I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Very here's proud a, of that guy. Here's a little uh here's a little rug nug stolen. It's always from the navy blue Romo jersey yes. that no yes. one that they never wear. Well, talk. Here's right. a little nug for you. I, I know, especially both you and Joe like to talk uh gambling. And I've been this has been sitting on the rundown. I don't know if you saw this because it came out a few weeks ago. So uh now obviously with gambling so so mainstream and legal in most states, a record 1.1 billion dollars was bet in just October with Nevada sports books marking the first time the state's ever uh, the betting market has ever handled more than 1 billion wagers in a month. So the previous record to show how much it shattered it, it was 1.1 billion total. Previous record was 786.5 million. So they, they, they destroyed it. And that was just again in the month of October that they just reported. So, I mean, amazing how far we've come. Yeah, and, and I know that because everybody now, you you know, there used to be such a stigma and to, like such a such a feeling of of breaking the law when you had to have a bookie and you got to meet him on a street corner and pay him and all that stuff. Yeah. So now everybody can just gamble. So the, obviously that number, you know, of legal betting is going up, but you also see it. I feel like Vegas and and all the sports folks got to make more money, but there are there are also these big swings. I think it was yesterday that like all the favorites covered and like Vegas, like technically took a, took a bath yesterday. I mean, it all works itself out in the long run. They, but a terrible week because 
everybody in America can just like open up an app and, and bet. And then all the favorites hit one weekend and whew, let's see how it affects the lines next week. I will say, Joe, you and I have talked about it. I, I would love to hear Tug's input on this one about, you know, some of the conspiracies now that it basically is legal and the NFL has partnerships with these big uh, gambling companies. I thought about it during the Bengals game. I don't know if you guys saw that very questionable taunting call in the fourth quarter. I think it was the fourth quarter. Maybe it was the third quarter. Maybe actually, maybe second quarter. I don't remember. All I know is it happened in the Bengals game. The Niners are driving. They hold the Bengals hold them on a huge third down. And they called the Bengals DB for taunting, which then gave them a first down. Then the Niners punch in the touchdown. The Niners go up 17 to six. Yeah, it was before half. And I'm like, hmm. It was a late call as well. Shout out to your wife. Uh, <laughs> going, going, to, going to work. It was a late she's, call as she's well. putting the baby monitor in front of me. I'm on the clock now. <laughs> well, don't worry, Todd. We'll wrap this up soon. <laughs> But, but, you know, it's Joe, I, Joe, I did think about our conversation and I'm watching and thinking what benefits the NFL more? Obviously the Niners going to the playoffs, much bigger market, much bigger global fan base. It, it just makes you wonder. Or the lit- Bengals who in a must win game have 20,000 people not there. That's what I'm saying. It just makes you wonder late flag thrown off. And I saw it in real time. I, go, I can't believe they just did that because it was right on our sideline. I don't know. It just makes you wonder that they're using taunting calls as a way to blatantly affect games tug is there any legs to this conspiracy i'm sure there's some legs to conspiracy i mean that's all the conspiracies are all born i you know i don't think that i, I don't think it's i'm sure that <laughs> nfl's just getting a cut they're not getting any part of like the you know the vig that's coming out but um but the thing the thing i want to touch on was you, the, the point you made earlier about how it was sort of you know, I remember the first time I really gambled was in my uh, college. There was a guy in our house that was a bookie. Um, my dad never really taught me about lines. I, I, even to this day, my dad sort of like doesn't quite understand like what the plus minus points are. So he's, he's like, me. Andy. I I'll like say he's, ne- it's like me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, exactly. And he's so, like, but, wait, but if like, I bet the money line, I bet money. But what if I what am I betting if I'm not betting the money? I'm still betting money, right? <laughs> Yeah. Is this, are those all just Applebee's gift cards? <laughs> I just feel like now dads will be teaching my, my three sons. I'm gonna be like, you're going to be, I'm going to be teaching you about point differentials at like six or seven years old. I mean, like by the time you're 11, you're going to be like, I mean, yeah, it's going to be using your allowance on your like, a tug nug yeah, factory. When those three yeah. boys are all in a room, <laughs> exactly. wearing the old timey <laughs> green visors, yeah. a pencil like, in their ear, like the betting on horses at like 12. <laughs> oh my God. Adam, deep down a nug. <laughs> And here's the irony: Tug, Tug's children, you know, age, between ages of like six to eleven, will still be wagering more money than Goldberg does as a grown man. Does he tell his kid in a visor with a cigar, tapping the pencil on his tongue? Yeah, teaching about teasers. It, it, it really wonderful. is crazy, though, just how quickly it's moved and how you know every other commercial is. JB Smooth doing the the Caesar, which a lot of people hate, but I I am like such a JB Smooth guy, like I love him. I mean, Affleck's doing it now; he's got one. You know, they're they're ever they're ever. It's crazy. It's it's out there now. Yeah. Um, and plus, full, any any commercials with all three Mannings in it? I mean, you get JB Smooth talking to Cooper in a commercial. <laughs> Cooper, that that what a life that guy's got. 
Like, Why can't Cooper be one of the guests on the Manning cast? Is he <laughs> right? so low that they can't even get him on? They don't want the curse <laughs> to affect the family. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get to Arch. Yeah, I'll get yeah. to him. <laughs> they have Archie on and he gets cancer the next week. You're like, no. <laughs> I do love that. Like, will Coop ever make an appearance? He <laughs> wants to do like a bit with uh, like Eli or Peyton. They're like, no. By the no, way, talk, talk about someone who, who like, dude. I was worried about, I was worried they had Strahan on. I was worried about Strahan going to space the other day after the Manning cast. I was like, we're going to have a challenger situation from the Manning cast. Amazing. Like, but Cooper was doing stuff for NFL and Fox for a while, and it always made me laugh. I'm like, wait a second, your brothers were Hall of Fame quarterbacks, so somehow, like, it it is kind of funny. Like, you never even sniffed the NFL, but you're you're working for NFL and Fox. Like, like, have we ever seen such an adjacent sibling do something that they basically had nothing to do with catapult in that position? I couldn't think of one. I want to deep dive on that. That is it's interesting. Hey, real um, quick, I, I thought about it, or I, I forgot about it, but I want to bring it up now we have you on. So you were hanging out with Charles Barkley? What's what's the deets? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, bury the lead. That's correct. I, I did hang out with Charles Barkley on Thursday of last week. It was, a, it was for a golf, uh, it was like a, a fundraiser with um, Ohio's own Joe Smith, who's a pitcher for the Astros and now the Mariners, middle reliever. And um, Ali LaForce, if you know from yeah. the basketball sideline world of the CBS and TNT, they're married. Uh, it's a third year I've gone to this event. It's a great event at Pelican Hill. It's a nice golf course out in Newport Beach. And uh, this year, uh, Charles Barkley attended, and he was in the group behind me. And uh, we, we were the, the tournament kind of played slow. It was a little rainy. And so we would just be at tee boxes together. And then finally, like, I just told him, right into the end, I told him about this you know, the Broadway show I did years yeah. ago where I played, played Larry Bird and I showed him the picture. And he was like, first, he, he like, he had, we had a laugh. He was like, you can just, just show, we're on the 18th fold. Just show it to me inside. Like, I'm going to go to the clubhouse. Let's get, <laughs> let's get drinks. He's like, you don't have to do this now. <laughs> but uh, so we went. You're like, I waited know. all day because I didn't want to do this to you on the 10th. That's right. I didn't want to do like right off the bat, you know. And I, I called him Mr. Barkley first. And he was like, call me Charles, you know. I don't know. I don't know how people. He's like, you you're know, two years younger than me, Chuck. Seriously. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's almost 60. He's um, like, didn't I he, play against you in college basketball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very similar heights. He's about, you know, he's, in, he's, 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 you know, there's always been much been made of Charles' weight, but he like, he's in much better shape now. He's lost like 60 pounds. His head looks like it's cut out of granite. Like he just looks, you can see, even if he's not quite at the target weight he wants to be, he is huge. Now, similar heights, you know, six four, six five, but like for this guy to be to jump as high as he could and be as built as he is, even now, you're like, oh my god, this dude's an absolute specimen. And so after the round, like it's all everything you want. Like he knows that he's a celebrity. Like you know, he knows that you know he's at the bar. My group was talking with him for like the first forty five minutes to an hour, and I went to see a, a friend of mine, and there was like a it's like a vacuum, right? Like as soon as I left someone moves to, to fill that spot to t- talk to him and he's talked to everyone. He, you know, asks you what, what, what you want to drink. He grabs the drinks. I think he bought the, you know, pretty much the whole bar, the beverages. Uh, he knows, you know, how to be the person that he is. Like the only time someone came up to ask a photo and there was a guy and one of his buddies was eating next to him. He said, the one, my one rule is just don't ask, don't no photos while someone's eating, uh, which is something interesting. Good rule. Good so, rule. 
Yeah, good, good rule. rule. Yeah, great rule. And and so they, they said, come, you know, he wasn't rude about it. He was like, just come back as soon as we're, you know, we're done with our food. And um, I'll take photos. And it was, it was, it was like, he, he's a professional being Charles Barkley. He knows what he's doing. He knows he was talking about everything you want to talk about. Uh, you know, not afraid to bust balls immediately with anyone. And uh, yeah, it was one of those truly, truly like, you put on a list of like, you know, I, I want to get one drink with X, Y, or Z. And I was, I thought about this at times. Like, I can't think of a lot of other actors. I'm like, I mean, I'm dying to get this drink with somebody or like a musician, but Charles is always on, on the list because you feel like, you know, him. you know, you feel like you just hear him talk about whatever. And you're like, uh, it would be a good conversation. He would actually ask you maybe a question about where you're from. And so those things happen. It's pretty cool. It was, it was a cool moment. It, now you were, you were taller than Charles, right? I think we're the same height. Like they yeah. always listen was like six four, but if you look at the picture, you can go to my Instagram, and then and I was like, well, we're we're very similar heights. I mean, I felt small to him. Yeah, because he's That's the exact same thing. I when I met him, he was way. It was like when he was like huge. Yeah, width wise, but it was the first thing I said to him because I feel like growing up, like when when he was in the NBA. I felt like they didn't. Li- I didn't. I didn't feel like they actively talked thought, about him being six. I thought four. they listed him like, like six, 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 six seven. Yeah. I was like, Charles, you're my height, and he was like, Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I am. And I was like, But I'm six four, Charles. Your basketball card did not say you were six four. He's yeah. like, Oh man, I don't. You know, I don't tell him what to put on my basketball card. I, I don't like, make those cards, Joe. Yeah, I was like, well, I think you kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> I think you do yeah. write down your your height at some point in your NBA it, career. Well, it's like I had that when I meet other, you know, big time athletes, you know, Magic and Larry, like the one thing I always is a giveaway to me is like whenever I uh, give them a, a handshake or a high five or whatever, and their hand dwarfs my hand. Yeah. Like I have a above average size hand, but these guys' hands are like, like cartoonish with how big When you feel like, yeah, it's always are. like when you feel like your hand is inside their hand in a handshake. It's like, like when I hold Andy a- Ruther's hand. That's what it feels like when <laughs> yeah. I hold... So- <laughs> so okay so, so you you shaking charles barkley's hand like andy and trump having a handshake Spe- speaking of small hands this is this is embarrassing i don't think i've shared this in the podcast so right i coach my, my fourth grade i'm assistant coach of my fourth grade nephew's basketball team now don't say anything you're gonna have to cut out yeah okay so any, anyway <laughs> awkward uh so he uh he's like the tallest kid on his team, tallest kid in his class. And I think I've said this, like probably tallest kid in the league. So he's probably going to be like a six, five, six, six. This is so embarrassing. He got a brand new pair of, of LeBrons for the season. They fit me perfectly guys. He's just turned 10. He's a fourth grader. And so I, I joked to him. I was like, dude, you're going to outgrow these. I was like, and I'm actually kind of serious. I was like, when you outgrow these, can I have your shoes? Like, <laughs> like, like, like this is like a brand new pair of black LeBrons. I was like, dude, I could use a pair of basketball shoes. And I go, no, it sounds weird, but like, you're not going to need them. Can you, and can, he's going to outgrow them in, in three weeks. Yeah. I was like, can, can you give your 40 year old uncle your shoes? Like, it's not a hammy that it's, it's a hammy. You should up. hand him to you as he comes off the court. Like he's <laughs> you should do it. You should do a shoe swap where you give him like your rundown a six. <laughs> and uh, and he gives you the Nike and the bronze. I mean, how pathetic is that? A 10 year old's not shoe, he wears nine and a half. Is I and I wear anywhere from nine and a half to 10 or fit me perfectly. Like, 
And they're obviously in great shape. He just got them right before the season started a month ago. Like, hell yeah, I'll take a, a nice new pair of shoes. Where's he getting the height from? Uh, my uh, his mom, that side of the family's got some got some serious height. Uh, and, and by the way, we we won our two games this week. Just quick, let's quick, go. Quick, quick little plug. Quick little plug. That's a real bury the lead. We should we should open yeah. with that. Yesterday, up twenty. I wasn't at this game, but I guess we were up twenty-two to two at the half. We gave up two points the whole game. Just just saying. Did I did I go in the deep dive and look? at our league because they post everything Did I see that we're giving up the fewest, fewest amount of points through three games in any team in the league, only 10 and a half points a game. Yes. Did I preach to our kids? We don't have to score points. If we play great defense, nobody's going to beat us. That's a rug nug. Yeah. Full, full rug. Nug. I didn't see. I didn't, I didn't do my research. I didn't, I didn't dive into your Tug, <laughs> recreational Tug's three boys are back in their back room, but like, yeah, you, but you're playing some of the lowest scoring teams in the league. This year. This will even itself out. Um, we're, we're, we're fading you guys hard when you hit that mid-season stretch of <laughs> difficult games. Hey, uh, uh, entertainment question. I don't think I came up on a pod previously. I'm wearing my Indiana State sweatshirt today to honor, to honor Larry Bird. Did you guys see the, uh, the, the teaser for Winning Time? We did. On HBO. The yes. new right. show kind of uh, focusing on the uh, 1980s Lakers team. Looks fun. Really fun. I will say this. Calling it winning time is you can't call a nut, your rival company's uh you can't right? call you the, the name of your rival company can't be the name of your show. Yeah. So it's showtime just wasn't that isn't gonna work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it does look like a lot of fun. I mean, you know, as a as a person who put you know had uh, did, done a Broadway play about some of that storyline, I'm very intrigued. Some big time names in the show. For those of you who haven't listened, you know, seen the trailer, you should go check it out. John C. Riley. Uh, you know, Jerry Jason Buss. Clark, Jerry Buss, yeah. Jerry Buss, yeah, some 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 young upstarts. Bo Burnham was originally slated to play Larry Bird, but he, he bowed out for creative or scheduling issues. Um, so they brought in some young uh, new guys. So I got to meet this guy and talk to the like, next hey, person to play. Get, Larry get Bird. a message to him if he if he needs any help with this. I mean, with his yeah, bird absolutely. Character. Well, the, the report is that I mean, the reason I bring it up is to, you, you know, guys should do comics. a bird on bird podcast. That'd be an amazing plot. But to my point, the NBA is apparently very disgruntled with this this uh, story. I don't think they're going to do too much to sort of promote it. Okay. Why are they disgruntled? Uh, I don't think that the NBA or Magic is is was uh, involved with way what the, the stories they're telling. Probably because it's all true. They, they don't like the truth getting out there. Yeah, I mean, who, who's to say? But I know that um, there, there won't be a lot of you. Probably won't be hearing Charles promoting. The show, even though it is a Warner's property, there's like a shared property. So it's very interesting behind the scenes stuff going on um, with with that show. But uh, should be looks looks fun. Has a yeah. little Jackie Moon, Jackie Moon teaser to it. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, I wanted to make sure I, I shout it out. To, uh, well, we did talk about it last episode. Later. So thanks for redoing it, Tug. You know, if you listen, cut it if, out. If you put down your kids and actually supported dirty sports. If you were more loyal, you would know we already talked about it. I'm very disappointed in you, Tug. When I'm being mentioned, that's when I listen. Um. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, Tug, you know, let's wrap it up. It, it was great to have you back. It was, it was so long overdue, Tug. Now, wait, hold on. We got to get one. There's one more thing we need Tug to weigh in on. It was, it was, part, of the, it was part of the paper tiger tiger report. 
Oh, Tiger, your boy Tiger Woods is returning this weekend. Talking about talk about you know we 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 joked about you, you know, turn like forcefully turning your sons into uh, <laughs> gambling predictors, but uh, you know Tiger and his son Charlie will be playing. Uh, you know, we're we're not really Tiger stands over here, so we got it. We got to get you in for the Tiger update. I'm wondering what the appearance fee must be for Tiger because it must be an ungodly amount. I mean, the ratings will be through the roof for for an off-cycle golf event. I mean, like you know, I, I, so I'm pretty impressive. I mean, it'd be amazing to go watch and see what he's what he's going to be swinging like. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, Tiger's been always very good at crafting the image that Tiger wants to have. You know, that ha- the, the real questions haven't been asked, to my knowledge, about what happened on those those days i mean it'd be it would be interesting if he ever opens up and talks about that um well it's like i mean and that is it's it's sort of the perfect storm again for what makes me kind of dislike tiger is now we're gonna be like look at what he's overcome like i think he's overcome trying to kill himself while being messed up on pills but we won't talk about that we'll just be like the the gruesome leg injury the gruesome leg injury when he tried to drive himself off a of palace verde's cliff but, but he overcame it. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's, there's, that's a valid point. I mean, I think people should probably have both of those things in mind. Like this was maybe to some, I mean, I'm speculating here, but self-inflicted, but also to, to, to overcome that would be pretty cool. I don't, you know, he, he's basically lowering and he's, he's lowering the bar so much that if he does come back, it, it does help, you know, expand the mythology of Tiger Woods. You know, he's saying, only going to be t- you know targeting certain events. I'm comfortable knowing that like maybe the best days are behind me. But if he does, if he does make a run, it then becomes like the most epic you know sports story in the history of right of sports. I mean, nothing new to report here. I'm very happy to see Tiger you know ha- happy and healthy and alive. This event means nothing to me personally. So yeah, I mean it's, it'll be great to see him, but I don't think anyone's like. It was amazing that he broke the internet with that one swing. Like that was also felt like he was just sort of flexing. He was just doing yeah. a little bit of a flex to show like it must be kind of a cool feeling when you're so powerful. You're like, let me just throw this out there. And then people talk about only me for the next yeah. five days. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So anyway, I wish I had better news to say. I'm really, I mean, I'm excited about it, but I think the other thing is golf is very exciting. I mean, Joe, you've, you're, you're basically at like the little over the one year point of being, you know, heavily invested in golf. I mean, the things that you've learned over the past year, I think golf is really at an golf, the golfers that are coming out now, Carmel, Kawa, like there's some great golfers. So it's nice to have Tiger involved, but, but the game's moved past Tiger. I mean, the yeah. game's really, the, the players he's playing against are better than, than anyone he was playing against, except for maybe Phil. Ernie VJ, there's like 20 Phil's Ernie's and VJ's now. I'm, I'm just oh. a, and and, the, and that's the thing. Like you know, you brought up Phil when you talk about you know somebody who's just now. It's like I will watch. I would rather watch all the Phil content. Like if you were like one has to go, Phil or Tiger. For, I'm like, give me all the Phil content from now till forever. Like I don't need. I, I'll take all the Phil content over all the Tiger content, no doubt about. It. Like Phil's the best. To melt, to meld all the, the three worlds that we have, you know, Phil was on the Manning cast. 
did we? He, he obviously thinks he can outgame the system. He was the only person to come on and sort of act like the host. Yeah. Did we like that, Andy? Did you watch that one where Phil was on? Yeah, I did not like it personally. I, I, I it was. I, we're still figuring stuff out with the Manning cast. I'm sure you guys have talked about this in Aussie. You probably saw the reports that Amazon's trying to steal it, steal the Love show. It. Give it, to, like, give me money, give me Eli and Peyton every Monday. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Joe. Like, I was telling my buddy, I, I can't. I've learned so much more about football from them than I have my no lie from how many have they done than my entire life combined watching regular broadcast. I, they're that great. And then obviously the, the guests to me are just like icing on the cake from what I yeah. learned. Actually, 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 I mean, I love Letterman as just Joe. I almost feel like until they have, get a better uh, connection with these, you know, like we don't even need the guests. Don't yeah. even bring them on. Maybe bring bring someone in the room to chat them up or whatever. Or like, like why? Or why do they need the twenty minutes off for halftime? They're just like literally Peyton Manning's making himself a sandwich. Why don't you guys? Why don't <laughs> yeah. you guys just have a guest on and do the twenty minute halftime guest? Uh, that's a great. Point. I like that they only they start the second kickoff happens. They end the second. The final buzzer goes off, and they don't do halftime. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would love to be a producer on this because I think there's so much potential there, and a lot of it has to do with just them being them. And really, I, as I texted Joe off, you know, air months ago, Eli to me is like the, the real star of the show. He is. Um, I agree. I totally agree. I think Eli is like sounds. Re- he's really smart. He's actually has some nice subtle barbs. He's great for TV in that way, and he's also good. You know, he's the question asker. It's almost like they don't let uh, uh, Peyton get too close to the guests because it's like he only wants to talk football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like let Eli like ask the social questions because and Eli like we're... roasts him every game now for like <laughs> harassing the quarterbacks. <laughs> it's like, why don't you let Mac Jones play football? Like, stop calling this guy. <laughs> and Eli's <laughs> clearly doing no prep work whatsoever. Yeah, and Eli doesn't speak over anybody. You, you know, I mean, sometimes they do, like you said, the connection. We gotta get that fixed. Yeah, but I I think like I like I'll not. It's one of those things. It's 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 like I, I judge know. people who go like I can't watch it. I judge I judge them thoroughly. I'm just like how how could I can't I, I, I can't I go it. back to watching Monday when it's not Eli Payton on Monday. I'm like I can't I can't watch this anymore. Who was the corner the cornerback they had on last week? I keep Talib Talib he was awesome. Yeah, I think I have like uh, Talib and Marshawn, and you have like I don't even I don't even need a celebrity no. on there. Just give me the guys who are going to talk about sports or the or, or former teammates. Well, you know he calls Peyton games. Do you know he calls games with Gus Johnson? Yeah, no, and he's apparently really good too. Yes, right? I like him. I like him. I I, like, like, I I I think I think you move away like like take that crew just in general. And obviously, it's not Manning cast, but take like the Akeem Talib Gus Johnson crew. I think these networks that are being smart and saying, for lack of for lack of a better term, the traditional old white guys, like move to these younger guys that are like like I would connect more with them, right, than I would your traditional older crew. And that's kind of how I feel with Peyton and Eli. It's like you have guys who are going to just use common terms or break it down the smart per or you know like i would call myself an ignorant fan or i don't i don't know if ignorant fan but you know i don't know shit about football i like it i talk about it twice a week with joe but but this is such a game changer i, I really can't undersell it enough 
uh, is it undersell or oversell? oversell? Oversell. I can't oversell it enough. Like how much it's changed. And like Joe said, I don't know who's going back to that regular broadcast. What is wrong with you? Especially with the state of the Monday Night Football broadcast. For, for those who are fans of the TC Minute, I mean, I feel like Peyton and Eli are just a godsend because it, yeah. it really brings the idea of the sports media conversation right out of the fright. And they, they totally borrow to bring entertainment into it. They totally lift from the SNL release of the hosts. They, they just use the, oh, yeah. the, little, the little cards. They just borrow. They just basically just like, we're going to borrow SNL's like index card announcements for the guests. I'm at the um, point where I'm like, can they just do this? You know, like we watch... The, the NBA on TNT crew does it like they're they were so great and they're so popular that they're it's like oh now Charles gets two days to prep for March Madness and is is doing basketball games it's like at this point I just want Eli and Peyton doing all of it like I want them calling the Tiger Woods golf tournament this weekend like I want them <laughs> I want them to, I want Eli and Peyton moderating the next presidential debate like the, I, I, I now we you. know now we know like now we have this like constant in our lives it's like. How does everybody relate to Eli and Peyton? That's how we can judge every single human. You know, it would be a good. Go ahead, Doug. Sorry. No, I was just, no, just going to say, I bet you execs all over. You know, it's all execs are talking about now. It's how, how do we, how do I Eli and Peytonize other things that we have? I'm sure TNT is probably like, do we do Charles, you know, like just, just watching the game? Like, how do we do a Charles cast? Well, um, I mean, we, I mean, I hate to say it, you know, Joe and I started this 100%. You know? I, th- I mean, I, think it's a, I, I to- totally agree with you guys. I, I, I mean, even before YouTube, like we were doing that with shout Rabble. Out to Rabble. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> shout out to now defunct Rabble. But I, you I know, just I I wonder if the our guy from Rabble just watches the Manning cast every weekend with like a a, a hoggle of scotch, just like uh, and a lighter. It's like, oh, did I get some on my face, please? And you know, this, you know, it'd be a fun segment, real quick. <laughs> I think what they should do is they. They obviously it'd be like all set up, but they should call Cooper every week. And when he answers, hang up like what? Like that's the gag of like, hey, we're bringing Cooper on. No, we ran out of time. Our apologies to Cooper. Like, I think that'd be a funny (laughs) produced segment that they could do. Not that they really need any. Or they could do uh, Remember when Letterman used to call his mom. And they so can just great. like ex- explain, they can just like mansplain football to him. Like in the <laughs> NFL, Cooper, uh, this is how we did it. Um, Man, fun I, to evolve. I think th- they should hire the three of us to, to write or produce yeah. on that show. Yeah. Well, Man explaining. <laughs> I like it. It's very good. Yeah. Great, great play on words. Look at us right now. I haven't done this much creativity with somebody, dude, you leave LA and it's like creativity is just gone. I look at my life. I'm like, there's no creativity at all in my life. What am I doing? None. Yeah. But how well do you barbecue now? How's that grass looking? I need to break the. Thanks for reminding me. I need to rake the leaves. There's still some leaves out there. There there was a big, (laughs) as you guys, you guys know, there was a huge windstorm. Tornadoes were close to here. So some things fell. I need to, uh, I need to go rake the leaves. And on that note, I think it's time to wrap up the show because I got yard work to do. Tug, it's been a pleasure as always. Where can they follow you on? Where can they see that lovely picture of you and Sir Charles Barkley? Yeah, go to Instagram at Tug Coker or Twitter at Tug Coker and check it out. And, uh, you know, I haven't been on much this year, but it's been a crazy year on my end. Hopefully I'll see your faces. I see Joe maybe once a month playing some golf. But Andy, great to see your face. And uh, hopefully I'll see you more in 20. 22 still love the dirt balls 
Um, and hopefully I'll talk more to you all in the, uh, in the months to come. And go on. If you don't already follow us, tug on social media, you should do it just for your, uh, your auditioning in 2021 fit. That's great. Oh, well, thank you. Well produced, well shot. Your background <laughs> work was, you know, background actors were on point, just strong oh, all around. Shout to my wife who helped who actually, who actually shot the video with them. Um, yeah, it's just it, for, for those who don't know, Joe is talking about the fact that all the things we have to do in 2021 when we're on a Zoom or whatever, sending something out, what's going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, check it out on my my Instagram. You can Andy, follow me on all my social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter at Fix Your Life. Shows coming up in New York. You can go to JoePrano.com for all the shows that I'll be doing there while I'm there for the holidays. And then the weekend of New Year's Eve in Phoenix, uh, opening for Eddie Ift. Uh, New Year's Eve weekend at House of Comedy, but also headlining myself on that Thursday because Eddie is going to see his Pitt Panthers in the Peach Bowl. So come out, watch me headline on Thursday, or if you're more of a weekender, come and see me open for Eddie House of Comedy in Phoenix. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Assistant Fourth Grade Coach. Uh, that's that's my handle now, just at Assistant Fourth Grade Coach. That's where I'm making all the, uh, the game planning and talking with, you know, spectators and getting some input from, from how we can play better as a team. All right, guys, that's the show. Thank you for sticking around tug. Great to see you again. we got to bring you back more often. Can't wait Good to see you. Too. Can't wait. Can't wait to see how the cowboy season plays out and uh dirt balls. Much love to everybody. You guys have a great season. Great season. Did I say dirt? <laughs> dude, dude, my dude, it's, it's like my, my <laughs> it's like my mind always always coaching always coaching anyway that's the end of the episode dirt balls if anybody's, if anybody's a six and a half ruther could use some new sneakers <laughs> <laughs> much love for the support and as always stay dirty